Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. My guest today is Hannah Stringer. Hannah has an extensive art background ranging from art school, where she majored in animation, to creative director at a growing media advertising company. Whether it's voicing the characters in a short animated film or adding VO and music to a piece of marketing content, Hannah has experience utilizing audio in a variety of projects. When she's not working, you can find her loving on her three rescue rabbits or walking around one of Minnesota's 10,000 lakes. That's a lot of lakes. (laughs) Uh, Thanks so much for joining me, Hannah. This is such a fascinating subject, and I know you have a lot of insights to offer. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you for having me on. So to start us off, I wanted to ask you what you consider audio branding to be. Sure. Um, audio branding to me is really the the sound that you associate with your brand. Mm-hmm. And I think the most notable way you can really understand that is, you know, utilizing there's certain um, sounds that you associate. So whether it's your podcast intro or somebody else's podcast intro or you have, say, McDonald's, they have their little tagline, you know, blah, 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 loving mm-hmm. it sort of thing. So you yeah. know right away, you hear that and you associate that with your brand, with a product. I know that you deal with a lot of visuals in your projects on a daily basis, but mm-hmm. how do you settle on the right sound for your clients? Um, it depends on the client, really. Um, some of our, our bigger nationwide clients already have their their brand guidelines ironed out. They have exactly the audio they want us to use, and that really makes it nice and cookie cutter for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, say, clients that maybe don't have that sort of marketing um, kind of bandwidth, if you will, it's really up to us to to take a look at, A, you know, what what is the company? Mm-hmm. Because the audio is going to sound different for, say, a healthcare company than it is for, like, a theme park. Sure. Um, and it's really <laughs> identifying the tone you want to use first. Yeah. And then in discussion with the client, you know, what, what do they want to convey in a, in a particular piece too. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, you know, have some options then that we get to, to share with the client. And then ultimately, you know, they get the final say, but we at least have a good, a good way to kind of direct them into what we think would be the most impactful um, music for them or the sort mm-hmm. of if we're doing BO what kind of voice do we want you know is it a, a soft quiet woman's voice is it like your bold like more announcer voice um, and so it really caters to to the client and what what they have to offer and what they're advertising. So how many clients do you find actually have that audio branding in mind and how many do you have to just craft it for? <laughs> I think we definitely skew more toward needing to craft mm-hmm. um, the audio branding. It's a creative part of being a creative director, I guess. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So, it, you know, it gets to add in some of that audio, which is um, always fun to do. Sure. Um, but, I, you know, we have some clients who, you know, they'll provide us their, their finished commercial. So they have their audio branding right in there and we mm-hmm. just get to place it on our platforms. Where a lot of times, too, we get to, you know, be the ones who have that more creative control and help a client craft their commercial. Yeah. And so that's really when, you know, we have the ability to um, educate, you know, clients. Because I think, you know, there's a lot of, 
I don't want to say misunderstanding, but a lack of kind of thought mm-hmm. into audio in some cases. And so we can really, you know, use that as a chance to educate the client on the importance of audio and why they should really be thinking about it mm-hmm. and then offer our suggestions for how, you know, we would approach the particular piece we're working on with them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So out of curiosity, does that mean that you would advocate for consistency in a sound or does it vary from project to project within the certain company? Yeah, I think it varies, but there's definitely something to be said with consistency, Mm -hmm. especially if it's, you know, something you're utilizing over and over again, you know, going back to McDonald's, you know, that that's always how they end, you know, there's always that little jingle in there, no Mm -hmm. matter what. So you have that immediate recognition. Um, And so having a consistent just kind of theme of the audio, I think is helpful. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there, I think there's a case to be made too, for breaking that a little bit and adding something maybe unexpected to really grab attention of the audience. Well, that sounds interesting. So out of curiosity, what would you do to make an unexpected sound branding? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a uh, one of our clients, they actually created themselves. Mm-hmm. They did a really amazing job, I think, with the audio in their most recent commercial, um, which is really about a dead battery and why you should buy a new battery. Okay. But it starts it starts with the, uh, you know, the engine kind of clicking and the engine's not turning over. Mm-hmm. Then you hear like the sound of like vultures and like this da-da, da-da, like this foreboding oh. sense. And you're like, uh-huh. what? <laughs> and then yeah. like there's circles vulturing. So obviously it's a dead battery. Uh-huh. And so like these two like seemingly disconnected things all of a sudden have this connection. And then it goes into their normal kind of audio branding in the music bed that they have, you know, for their products, but mm-hmm. just starting off with this, this kind of foreboding, you know, vulture, <laughs> dead battery sound was just something that, you know, it makes you stop and like, look like, so if you're, you know, watching TV and commercials come on, you know, a lot of times you go in the kitchen, grab a snack. Mm-hmm. And if you were to hear that, I feel like that's one that you would be like, wait, what's going on? And you'd be inclined <laughs> to then go back and watch the the commercial. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a little unexpected. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> but they, they executed it so well. And I'm like, that's, that's how you do it. Yeah. Well, that's definitely creative. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So why do you think it's important for clients to pay attention to the sound that goes into their branding? I think, you know, the sound really carries, you know, the emotion of a piece, too. You know, we we buy as consumers based on feeling and emotion versus, mm-hmm. you know, rational thought. Yeah. And so as as they, you know, think about how they want to sell this product, this service, you know, what sort of feeling do you want to invoke? And so you got to be really careful that the music... And like, you know, the the voice that you're using really aligns with that feel. Otherwise, you're going to have two conflicting pieces between the visual and the audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that wouldn't quite register with someone consciously, but it might mm-hmm. register with them unconsciously, which right. would get them to turn away from whatever that product was selling. <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know, I find that's true in audio in all aspects too, because when you think about a movie mm-hmm. and that music bed carries it, but you're not consciously thinking about the, the audio, you're thinking about the visual yeah. and what the actors are saying and doing. Mm-hmm. And so, but when you really step back to think, I mean, that, that, that music bed really does carry it and it helps either create a higher sense of suspense or makes you even sadder and it just really elevates that. And the same can be used on obviously a smaller scale for any of your, your advertising. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like an unsung hero, if you will. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I know when I've heard certain pieces of music in a movie, like, I will become a wreck. Like, (laughs) I I, I cry. I will cry in commercials. I totally will cry in commercials. Mm -hmm. If they have good music, (laughs) it gets you. Then boom. Yeah, totally. (laughs) On command. Yeah, yeah. They know how to pull my heartstrings, definitely. Oh, they do. Yeah. So movie music, that has always um, been a curiosity of mine. Yeah, you you were totally right about the music setting the tone and making it more suspenseful and all of that sort of thing and it always kind of fascinated me that some characters had theme music (laughs) yes yes like your Darth Vader in Star Wars (laughs) yeah definitely yeah there's a lot of things like that and it evokes a certain feeling an emotion that you're supposed to feel when that character comes on the screen Mm -hmm. so speaking of characters I know that you also did a animated film yes so how did that come about did you were you doing that for your own creative outlet was it someone that asks you to do it or uh, and how did you end up like casting and and putting that all together Yeah, so I went to art school, the Minneapolis College of Art and Design, for animation. Mm -hmm. And so our big senior project was really to do um, a short film of our choosing. So it was, you know, for school, but it was definitely a creative outlet for me Mm -hmm. because I had control of everything from the pre-production all the way through production and everything in between. Mm -hmm. So it really got to to test my, my creative capabilities in all aspects of what it takes to create an animated film. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it work. was a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of work, yeah. Uh-huh. A lot of late nights in the computer lab. Oh bad. But yeah. uh, <laughs> it's all good. It was fun. We had good company. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in regards to the audio then and finding the right, you know, voices for the characters, mm-hmm. I had spent so much time, you know, developing the characters in like the pre production phase and really understanding like who they are. And so I had in my head kind of an idea of the sort of sound I wanted, like how they should sound as a character. Mm-hmm. And luckily for me, there were a few people I had around campus who matched that pretty closely. So I was able to bring them into the sound studio, have them read a few lines. Mm-hmm. And with a little bit of coaching, like it was really cool to all of a sudden to see, you know, this character I made up and I gave life to all of a sudden has this voice that matches like perfectly to what I wanted. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's really cool, you know, to see that that's come to life in that way. And I imagine the people that were around you at the time would inspire those characters. So it kind Definitely. of, yeah, yep. it kind of makes sense. You'd <laughs> ask them to voice them. <laughs> yes. Let's bring a little bit of you in here. And yeah. Yep. That's fantastic. So did you put music in that, uh, in that production? Yes. Yep. I actually worked with a, music student who was in school to be you know a composer for he wanted to get in the movies and stuff like that so we were able to okay to work together and he could learn how to compose for a short film and then I had the mm-hmm. his talents on the music side but we really just were able to sit down and you know I gave him an understanding of you know because obviously the, the short film was my baby and he's sure. just adding to that so I had to kind of share you know what what I wanted, what was the purpose, what was the feeling behind it. Mm-hmm. And so he went and he kind of did his magic and we got together and, and just kind of made tweaks from there and making sure that, you know, when things got kind of suspenseful, we kind of had a certain kind of tone there. And when mm-hmm. things got a little more lighthearted, you had something a little lighter and um, just more fun. Um, so it was really cool just to kind of see his process too and how he approaches the music and how that may or may not be different from how I approach from a visual standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And how those two can kind of, 
combine and work um, in harmony. It's a interesting process, I would imagine, too. Yeah, writing for mm-hmm. film. Yeah, that would be a very different sort of thing than, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I really <laughs> admire people that can do that. That's a, a, a huge skill. I mean, you know, besides animating, oh, which is also right. <laughs> a hugely wonderful skill to have. <laughs> right. Well, different niches. They each take their own own capacity to, to really understand each of the, the different parts of that, so... Yeah. So um, what is it that you're working on right now? I mean, you're you're doing your uh, creative work at the agency and you're also working on coaching, aren't you? I am. Yes. So when I'm not busy with my creative director duties, I'm building up a coaching business for my fellow creatives to help them, you know, step into a career that they find fulfilling in something that really just ignites their creative spirit because I know mm-hmm. how challenging it can be for a creative to be stuck in a job that maybe doesn't foster that creativity yeah definitely um, so I've kind of made it my mission to to help them get to where they want to be and I have to ask you because you mentioned rabbits <laughs> and I'm <Yes>. curious <laughs> as to why rabbits I know why people have dogs or cats but I'm curious about the rabbit thing <laughs> Yeah, they actually do make very good companions, um, and they each have their own personality, but I never thought I would be a rabbit lady, <laughs> but I saw I saw my, my first rabbit, Sophia, she's an English Angora, and the photo that they had, had on the Humane Society website just made me laugh so much because they had, they had trimmed her because, like, her fur keeps growing, mm-hmm. and so I had to go see this goofy-looking rabbit and <laughs> couldn't just leave the, the place without her, so mm-hmm. she came home with me, and it took a bit of a learning curve because rabbits obviously mm-hmm. are a little different than your dogs and cats, but uh, um, it's been a fun journey. I've had her for about almost six years now Wow! and added two more to the mix since then. So how long do rabbits usually live? I, I Like I know dogs and cats. I don't know, uh, you know. If they stay healthy, a good 10 to 12 years on average. Okay. That's a pretty long time. It is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's impressive. <laughs> Go I rabbits. Know. They just <laughs> hop around and do their thing. And... Yeah. So you mentioned they have their own personalities. What, what does that involve? Like, <laughs> how different is it? Right. I'm not sure. <laughs> One of our rabbits um, loves to explore. Like Mm -hmm. you let her kind of roam around and do her thing and she's all over the place and she's super social. So she'll come up and just kind of boop you with her nose and say, hey, how's it going? And then she goes off. (laughs) Um, And then we have another one who's maybe not so social in the sense that she wants pets, but like for three seconds, then she's off doing her thing, much like a cat. Okay, yeah. And she likes to kind of, you know... She's an escape artist, so they have a nice pen to to run around in, but every now and then she decides she wants the rest of the house. Mm. Um, And then Sophia the Angora is just super chill, laid back, and she's just a ball of fluff, really. Wow. And she's very serious about her food. (laughs) So you don't get between her and her food. (laughs) I guess not. Yeah, that's definitely, yeah, those are personalities. (laughs) They are, yep. (laughs) That's really fantastic. So where can people find out more information about about you? I am on Instagram at Hannah Stranger, and that's where I, I spend most of my time is there. And I do have a website as well up and running, mm. um, hannahstranger.com. Wonderful. So okay. Either place you can find me there. 
And there are rabbit pictures I gather on the Instagram, oh, right? Oh, yes. All the <laughs> rabbit photos. <laughs> okay, that's I, wonderful. I couldn't, I couldn't be on Instagram without sharing their cuteness. Of course not. <laughs> that's what it's for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much for talking with me today, Hannah. Your clients are lucky to work with you, both in your creative director jobs and as a coach, I'm sure. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Great. Thanks so much. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.